Hey, Podnutsians, welcome to DDG episode 42. I want to first and foremost thank everyone for their support. Thank everyone for their downloads. Thank everyone for par for par um participating um on this network and on these on and on these shows. Uh streaming live here on YouTube. Uh random times is when I'll say this goes out. Currently have Red and Swift um hanging out in the chat, live chat. And I will say Swift just got a bike. I've been listening to uh yeah, I want to say Economist, BBC, and another place went over the trials and tribulations of uh trying to find a bike. Uh for the last like five months. It's been really hard. Bike manufacturing has been stalled and people have been going crazy buying bikes. So I'm glad you were able to find a bike there, Swift. Uh give a quick like health type update. And what I'll say is it's mixed. It's not good or bad news. It's just news. Um starting January, right shoulder. Kept waking me up at night, hurt bad. Physical therapy, MRI, March, they said you need to see an orthopedic surgeon. COVID happened, everything got shut down. My appointment was scheduled for July, June or July. I'm going to say July. Um, since then, went to the orthopedist now twice. First time, he cortisone injected me in the top of my shoulder. Instantly, 95% of the pain gone, like completely gone. Um, and then uh, went back a couple weeks later, which was just about a week ago, no, like two, two weeks ago. Um, and he said, well, the good news is looking at the x-rays, looking at the MRIs, um, yes, you have calcium deposits on both shoulders um, and you have uh, spondinitis on your neck. None of them are life-threatening. None of them re- require surgery. So I thought that was good. And then he said, now the bad news is there's nothing more I can do for you. I said, what? What do you mean? He said, I, the, your rotator cuff is fine. Your joints are fine. I'm an orthopedist. I do joints. Um, so now I got to go back to my regular primary care physician and uh, see who else we can go talk to. Um, I'll say my orthopedist was slightly worried at the fact that my oldest son has a autoimmune disease that's joint related. It's juvenile dermatomyositis, which is basically immune system attacking the joint itself causing inflammation, pain, and on large, soft spots of skin, rashes. I don't have really the rashes, um, but I just have my elbow has like a weird heat, heat-type pain. I don't know how to describe it. Really weird. And I still have um, some pain in the shoulder, but I've been exercising at least a couple times a week, and it's been helping a hell of a lot. So the pain is 95% less, but I guess I should worry because they don't know what is causing the pain now. So I got to go back, talk to other people. Um, also the doc, the two times I went into the office, I'm in pain and I do know pain can affect blood pressure kind of thing. And, uh, there is a true, uh, cognitive bias caused white coat syndrome where I do think a little bit to a degree when I see a doctor, I, my blood pressure does, does go up a, a little bit. Uh, but he said, just, just to be sure, he put me back on blood pressure meds after two years being off of them. He said, let's work through this pain thing. Let's work through all the other things and then we'll come back and revisit it. Um, he said, very frankly, if your blood pressure goes down, like he said, I expect it would, then we're going to take you off of it. Um, and then I heard some like crazy good news. Hypothetically, if I get uh, COVID, um, the likelihood of me being um, uh, like hospital ridden is like a, a almost 30% less because I haven't, because I'm on blood pressure meds. Uh, so every morning I wake up, I take, one giant ibuprofen, 800 milligrams, two Tylenol. Uh, now he also has me on steroids of uh, prednisone. The orthopedic surgeon gave me uh, 
pack of steroids to take one week, then take, I think it was one or two weeks off, then do another pack of steroids to see if that helps. Uh, I'll try anything. I was happy. He said I didn't need a knife. Um, but I was honestly kind of shocked. I thought I needed surgery. Shows you how much I know. Um, me, no expert. Um, not, not at all. Um, the one thing I want to highlight really quick is on my other one of my other podcasts, The Revolving Door, where all it is is just reviews of all the podcasts I listen to. I try to keep the entirety of the show less than three minutes. Usually it's like a minute and a half, which I'm happy with. Um, one of the shows I podcast I went over was called Skeptoid from Skeptoid Media. Um, and today I found out that um, a movie in air quotes that he did it's only like 40 minutes long um uh strictly out of donations he was able to do this and it's honestly pretty it's considering his donations pretty damn high quality is what i'll say uh called um principles of curiosity a guide to critical thinking uh came out today and i made me and my kids sit down and watch it in its entirety and during it we paused and we talked and we asked questions kind of think back and forth um and i'll just say it like this this is meant for common people or younger people to just look, listen, and see if you know you need to learn something or if you can learn something from it. And to me, the best thing that it like kind of does is it just encourages people to ask questions. To me, there's nothing wrong with asking questions because the truth can always be questions because there's an answer to it, kind of thing. Um, and that's like one of my now like core beliefs when it comes to uh, skepticism. I will say, huge differences between skepticism and cynicism and i make sure my kids know the answer what's the difference and define each one of them uh because to be a cynic is not good to be skeptical i think is perfectly perfectly fine uh, and i will say if uh this kind of content at all interests you um tangent uh two people last week uh joined another place where i was on and they both thought i was a bot because i'm so dry uh, and I constantly post articles and stuff I find. Um, while I do um, consume more than 24 hours worth of podcasts in basically a day, I also find a lot of time to do research, um, follow my RSS links, um, and then investigate some of the links I find um, curious is what I'll say. So if these kinds of things interest you at all, you can join us on Discord. Links should be in the notes. Um, but just a warning. Um, you come in, you say really something like really stupid, you're, you're going to get called out by just, um, oh, and what I forgot to say on the last EDG, um, I guess my volume is too low. Um, we had a guy, uh, come in and say, you know, is this the kind of, in air quotes, respect I get after supporting you for 14 years? What he didn't realize was the guy, well, first off, Podnuts hasn't existed for 14 years, so I don't know what. Where he got 14 years from. But the guy he was insulting was a guy who was around helping out back in the day of Linux Basics. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to support the guy who's been around longer. It's just, you know, the truth. Um, okay, volume should, should be better now. Um, yeah, so if you like, just, and you can lurk all day in Discord and just see the links that I post and either think that's stupid or that's cool or whatever. Just, you know, Mind your P's and Q's. You're in a public space. We try not to cuss. We try not to, you know, um, be ignorant or rude to each other. But you say something clearly against science, you know, like the earth is flat or something, you will get called out. Okay. Um, 
this next one I stumbled across, and I'll just say it like this. I find it almost hysterical. Um, this is on distractify.com, uh, and it's stuff about the 1918 pandemic, the, in air quotes, Spanish flu. Long story short, if you guys don't know, the reason it's called the Spanish flu, and I'm really hoping I'm not repeating myself, is other countries lied and hid their numbers. Uh, they didn't want to tell people how, just how much, um, you know, flu they were getting. Um, and Spain was being very honest and they put all their numbers out there in the public. That's why everyone called it the Spanish flu. Um, because they were honest, go figure almost like Florida man, like how Florida man's not a real thing either. Um, Florida man is just the fact that Florida has laws in the books that says anytime a police action is taken it has to be like printed in clear text where everybody can read it that's why we have all these crazy stories from florida uh, not because they're crazy just because they're more open um okay but this article is the do's and don'ts of influenza prevention um i'm actually going to copy this link on my other computer so it's easier for me to read you know old eyes uh and it's the do's and don'ts list from the 1918 pandemic proves We've learned absolutely nothing in a hundred years, which is a very clickbaity, inaccurate thing to say. Okay. We've learned a lot. We were able to literally map out the genome of this virus in less than 36 hours and spread it all over the world. We have uh, over, I want to say it was a hundred vaccines that are uh, entering stage three. Uh, we've learned a lot, plenty, but people are just as stupid as they ever were. Both can be true. They're not mutually inclusive or mutually exclusive. They can both be true, okay? And there was a pamphlet that was handed out that said things like this. Wear a mask. Live in a clean, healthy life. Keep pores open. Well, that's not really important. Bathe frequently. Kind of like, yeah, and there it is. Wash your hands before each meal. Um, down towards the bottom, it says, do not disregard the advice of a specialist just because you do not understand. Do not disregard the rights of a community. Obey cheerfully the rules issued by the authorities. Do not think you are entitled to special privileges. Okay, now, when this thing whole thing started, I remember saying to my son, son, what's more important? Individual personal freedom and liberties or the health of the community, you know, the greater good, everyone around you. And he started to answer, and then he said, there is no easy answer for this, Dad. I said, you're exactly right. Everybody has to make their own choice on where that line is drawn. And the other example I use is, if we both look at a mountain, we both agree it's a mountain, and then you take one piece of sand away at a time, we're not going to agree when the mountain is no longer a mountain. It's now a hill, you know what I mean? And we're not going to agree. Same kind of thing with this. Um, but I find it almost hysterical that we have like kind of dropped out of the um they say that there's like an expert phobia thing going on right now and that's one of the things in the principles of curiosity youtube thing um when you need surgery you go you want to go to the person who has the most experience and the most education in order to do it when you get on a plane you don't want some random guy to take control of the plane of flight you want an expert to fly it you know what i mean when you call up a plumber to fix something, you definitely don't want it to be the guy's first day. You want a guy who has knowledge and knows what he's doing. Yet, for some reason, some people have some weird cynicism about science and distrusting of experts. Um, 
I don't know if that's going to be the same for every generation kind of thing, because I do believe like my grandfather was petrified of doctors. You know, if I go there, I'm going to die. Um, if I go there, then, you know, it's going to be the end of me kind of thing. Um, I'm pushing audio swift. Um, uh, and it's like, no, you go to a doctor. So you don't die and you should go to the doctor more often than less. Um, to not go to the doctor means you're going to probably suffer from something longer. Um, I don't know why with uh, experts, we don't believe them as much. And why did that audio slide down? Hmm. Maybe this will help. Um, thankfully, the recording's fine. Um, we have some sort of like expert phobia thing. And, and I don't know if it's always existed. I don't know if it always will exist. But I know when it comes to science, I and it's not I believe scientists outright. I believe nobody outright, okay? Uh, I believe no one source outright. I believe no one thing absolutely question everything. I know, technically speaking, there's enough space between the atoms of existence everywhere you look. There's enough space. The nucleus is so tiny, and out there is the electron so far away, and that's so tiny. The space between them and the space between each atom is so great and grand. When I sit in a chair, I should pass through it, but I don't. Because scientists have proven the electrical force that happens. Like when you like pinch your fingers, the dirty secret is your fingers never touch. You actually can't touch anything. You think that when you kiss somebody, your lips are touching them. I'm sorry. You're not actually touching. You can't actually touch anything. The mag the magnetic fields make it what you feel is the magnetic fields interacting with each other to touch would cause explosions. Let's just call it like that. You know, kind of like fusion, fission, fusion. I think it's fusion. Um, so just because something feels right, just because something you know looks right, just because something makes sense does not mean it's right at all kind of thing. Um, and putting an article like this online, the do's and don'ts, we learn nothing. It's unbelievably clickbaity, but I'll say it's also has some accuracy in it. Like, you know, nothing's perfect. Um, let me see if I can find the one part. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It said, um, the article, is, there's also a tweet from somebody where it says, a crowd at a Georgia Tech football game, Georgia, mm-hmm, talking to you, a uh, crowd at a Georgia Tech football game during the 1918 Spanish flu outbreak. Um, and then they show people sitting close to one another wearing a mask, and it's like, People grew sick of social distancing measures as they dragged on to the summer of 1918. When the Great War finally ended in late November, people celebrated in the streets for, like, taking off the math and kind of thing. Um, quarantine fatigue. It's a real thing. You know, all these things are real kind of thing. But that doesn't mean you have to, you know, like, enjoy them and, uh, you know, um, basically, like, revel in... Uh, now, you know, we're not doing any distance anymore. And I define, I won't call it social di distancing. It's physical distancing. Socially, we're tighter than ever. Okay. It's physical. Um, so it's just like this, you know, the old adage, the more things change, the more they stay the same to a degree. Yeah, to a degree. But I will tell you if this happened even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, oh, we, the internet was not close to mature close to as mature as it is now we would have been so much more miserable um and i'll say if you like hearing um positive things i know i said this once at least before if you like hearing positive things and you're tired of reading about 
riots. You're tired of reading about murder. You're tired of reading about racism. You're tired of hearing about um, this politician's bad. That politician is evil. Um, if you're tired of hearing what Facebook pushes at you, all the bad news, uh, I cannot state it loud enough. You really should check out humanprogress.org. Um, it's not the best site ever, nor is it perfect site ever, nor is it the most unbiased website ever. I'm going to get to that. Um, but it is a good, positive website is the way that I put it. Um, there's a new term they um, classified since the beginning of the pandemic called doom scrolling, where you just sit there on your on your Instagram feed or Facebook stream or Twitter thing and you just instantly like nonstop scroll and all it is is we're all gonna die this is horrible da, 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 da. doom scrolling if you don't want to doom scroll if you want to actually hear like some decent stuff some good news then you really should check out humanprogress.org uh three of the things that they highlight it's a reoccurring thing well four of the things is they have quizzes quizzes are always at the top um and it's like how much do you know about deforestation how much do you know about vaccines how much do you know about women's suffrage basically quizzing you to see you know how sharp you are on on these things because more than likely you know less than you think you know um another reoccurring thing is the covid tonic which is a youtube video series that is also now a podcast and if anybody knows the history of the word tonic it was a cure-all you would go and you would have the snake oil salesman selling you a tonic to cure baldness a tonic to to cure sleepiness you know all these kind of things so this show is called the covid tonic and what they're basically trying to do is to talk rational about what is happening about the good things that are happening out of this the fact that so many places are working together to get things done is honestly amazing um the fact that we are at least learning uh more about it is another good thing and what is going to come out the other side you know when this ends how is life going to be better for any or everybody like for instance schools now have no choice but to you know they're like 20 years behind in america on how to do stuff um we're literally still teaching school in the same manner that they were taught in 1930s i'm pretty sure stuff should change and update um you know that's just one of my beliefs um so that's an, one of the reoccurring thing. Uh, another one of the reoccurring thing is the um, um, heroes. I'm trying to remember what they called it. Um, here it is. Uh, centers of progress, where they go over things in the past that really caused things to make leaps and bounds of improvements o- over time. And it wasn't like they were doing it on purpose. It was just they had no choice because things were innovating uh, at a quick pace the other thing is a torch of progress uh where they basically talk to people who are innovating right now um you know innovating stops for no for nobody for nothing we keep innovating more and more especially if you have us sitting in our home not able to leave for a large amount of times we're going to innovate okay and then they have the random stuff like this elon musk to unveil the Neuralink progress this week if anybody doesn't know what this, no. This is one of the things that Elon believes, Ellen, his name's Ellen, Ellen believes is going to be not the, the death, but the reason why AI, it, we're not going to have to worry about it is because this is going to develop first, where we're going to literally implant stuff into our head, communicating with our brain cells. We'll be able to interface with it directly with our brain, thus 
when AI does come about, as long as this is up to speed, we're going to be able to communicate with it at their pace of speed kind of thing. Um, far, a lo- far off imaginative things on this website too, but I definitely encourage people, if you're tired of doom scrolling and you don't like bad news, you need to check out humanprogress.org. Yeah, yeah. and I'll say one thing I did learn about um, the coronaviruses in general uh, was from a Anthony Fauci speech from like six years ago, because, you know, he's been there for like 20 years. Um, and I think I might have said this before, but I'm going to say it again, because I think I'm figuring out how to say it better. Is the, You know what I mean? It's all in how you say stuff. Uh, the, there's three key points with any infectious disease, especially spread by water droplets. Okay. Number one, the viral load, how much virus particles per million or per billion is any given infected person spewing out of it? We don't know. Okay. That's one. We don't know. It's a quick tangent. There are already companies looking at making devices that they can put in air uh, systems that can monitor for particulates in the air that can be a warning sign that you might have people around who are infected with some kind of infectious disease like that. Okay. Back to the threes. One, viral load. We don't know. We can't measure that yet. Yet. Notice yet. Okay. Two, inverse square law. Uh, how to explain the inverse square law. There's lots of ways to do it. The One of the ways is heat dissipation. When you like, you know, Go up to a burner on your stove. You feel nothing. You feel nothing. You feel nothing. Then all of a sudden you feel a lot of heat. Okay. Inverse square law means when you get twice as close, it gets more than twice as hot. Actually gets four times as hot. Uh, Same thing with the sun. If you go twice as far away from our sun, it looks four times dimmer. That's the inverse square law. So when you're closer to something, it very quickly ramps up. The other one is a magnet. You know how you can have two magnets and you feel nothing and you feel nothing and you feel nothing. Then all of a sudden they snap together because you cross that plane where the inverse square law becomes, you know, exponentially bad. So the physically closer you are to somebody spewing a viral load, the closer you get, the more viral load you're going to get. But then the third thing, maybe the most important thing is time. How long are, now there's two ways you can do the time thing too. One, how long are you physically close to, why did the volume keep dropping? How close um, are you physically to the other person for how long? Okay. But secondly, and maybe more importantly, how long has that person been in that area? And then you're introduced to them. And here's the example I use. Both times I went to the doctor's office, to me, they did the exact wrong thing. If I was Anthony Falsey or a epidemiologist expert, what how I would have said the doctor's visit should go is Stephen, come back, go to exam room four. Okay. You're in exam room four. I wait there for a half an hour for the doctor. Okay. When the, when the doctor's ready to see me, the doctor should not come in exam room four. No, 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 no. The doctor should go into like exam room six and then they come and get me and say, now come into exam room six because there's no viral load in exam room six. Instead, the doctors kept coming into a room where I sat for over 20 to 30 minutes each time. Um, so, and I can't tell them what to do. Who the hell am I? I'm, I'm just a nerd. I'm just a geek. I'm no expert. I'm no epidemiologist. I'm just a guy who sits down and likes doing research, you know? Uh, but I know every time I went to go see a doctor, they did it. In, they did it absolutely wrong. Absolutely. 100% wrong. Um, if more people in my state were infected, more people would be getting infected is the way that 
I'm happy that we're not because we're not getting that affected. But yeah, so that was really not smart of them is what I'll say. I have no problem saying that out loud. That, that was in fact quite dumb of them. Um, and that volume dropping thing is making me mad. Okay. Uh, this next thing I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring only because did it again. I thought it was, um, only because I thought it was fun. Um, it's one of these weird play games things. Uh, it's called AI Dungeon. You're about to enter the world of endless possibilities where you can do absolutely anything you can imagine. Will you proceed? You can log in or click play. I just click play. New game. You can actually join multiplayer games. Okay. Single player, multiplayer, feature snares. I'm just going to do single player. Um, and if you remember way back in the day, we used to have text-based um, like maze games, D&D types games. That's what this is except it's all in air quotes, AI generated. Okay. First setting fantasy recommended, or you can go mystery, apocalyptic zombies, cyberpunk custom or archive. I'm going to say fantasy. Cause that's so suggested. I hit one hit enter, select a character, noble princess, knight, wizard, witch, ranger, squire, peasant, rogue, rogue, baby. Uh, and you just, and you, you literally, it's literally like you're playing in, the old video games, except everything is generated on the fly. So every time you play this, it should be completely different. I don't know how you can um, not think this is at least cool and interesting. For me, there's a lot of words. Oh, a lot of words. Words, hard. Words, hard to read. If they had a way that I could easily, like, you know, text-to-speech this thing, I would like it a lot. Um, but I don't see a I see a music thing. Oh, oh, it's, oh, you discovered a premium feature. Oh, I can do a Texas. Okay. So I might have to, might have to join the um, beta of this kind of thing later. But um, I think this is really cool. Uh, these are the kind of things I think that people can um, design, make and create when they just sit at home for, you know, 20 hours a day. So I just think that's really cool. Um, again, it's uh, play.aidungeon.io. And... I want to say I heard about this one. It might have been on Cool Tools, which is another podcast I think is really great. It's just makers and creators talking about things that they like to do and things they, they like to create. It might have been on This Week in Tech, but I'm going to say no, it was on Cool Tools. I could be completely wrong. Um, I just thought this was a great find. And the only reason I'm bringing it up in this show is so now it's going to be in the notes forever because I, that's where I do like all my research. I have everything in the notes so when I need it, it's there the next time. Okay, um, this next one I'm also bringing again just so it's in the notes. I need these kinds of things to, to be searchable, indexable, so I can find them later because these are the kind of things I really do want to try at work. Um, at work, I still run Windows because I have to, not because I want to. Uh, and you know how back in the day you could say in um, um, Windows, you could say run as. Or, you know, uh, so like you could like lie to the system about like who you were or how you w would be running. This is the same kind of thing. Um, okay. Cancel. Cancel. Okay. Um, same kind of thing. But you can literally say run in sandbox. Um, sandbox IE was a great tool that I used to run on Windows when I really needed security. I really needed security because I clicked stupid stuff. Um, that's what this basically allows you to do, except in Windows 10, there's basically a hidden sandbox mode is the way that I'm going to describe it. Uh, what it basically does 
Um, it allows you to run untrusting things or things that you think might be uh, attacking your personal privacy. Uh, and you could run it in a air quote sandbox. And they literally tell you how to do it from beginning to end, step by step by step. Uh, you do need to um, download the latest version from a GitHub website. You need to load up PowerShell, uh, make a PowerShell script file, and, and then it will let you ba basically right-click anything and say, run inside sandbox. Um, I am happy to say at my 9-to-5 job, uh, I'm pretty confidently sure I am the last person who's going to get hacked. Um, maybe it's because I'm paranoid. I don't know, but I can tell you this. Um, I, I don't trust anything. I mean, I get hyperlinks. I literally copy them out, put them in a text notepad, paste them examine them, then copy them back again. I don't open up any attachments on email. I don't. People say, well, you need to do this. No, I don't. If you need this signed, you can print it out and mail it to me because I don't have the ability to do a dig digital signature. So there's nothing you can email me in a attachment that I have to have. If it's a screenshot, paste it in the body of the email itself. If it's tablature data, don't put it in a spreadsheet, put it in the email itself. If it's, you know, paragraphs and stuff, Put it in the email itself. Do not send it as an attachment because I won't open it. That's how bad things happen. So this will enable me to at least open things up in a sandbox, more of a sandbox mode. Thus, still, I'll be one who probably won't get uh, hacked, cause us to be on the night nightly news. But this will help m make it easier to be that way while I still can open things. So I thought this was damn cool. Yeah, and I mean, there's no way I'm a security expert, but this one caught my eye. Because I think it's true, and I hate to say it, it makes me sad, but I'm pretty confidently sure this is sure. Uh, and this is on Beta News, a very clickbaity website that I got no problem saying out loud, because, you know, we all have our thing, they're just clickbaity. 96% um, of developers believe security harms productivity. Okay, I'm going to say that slow. 96% of developers believe security harms productivity. Uh, and in my opinion, I think that number might be a little bit low. I don't know any. Mm -hmm. I only know of like two developers that I know who actually understand not security, but the possible impacts of ignoring security because they've been around a long time or they've been firsthand witnesses um, uh, to this. Now, they've only surveyed 165 developers, which, of course, we have half that in my job. Literally, I'm pretty sure we have over 80 developers uh, in my place of employment. Yeah, seriously. Um, and I could believe that 96% of them would say, you slow me down you make things difficult for me. Uh, you make it harder for me to do my job, um, which is sad. Uh, we do stuff like OWASP training. Um, OWASP training is the um, uh, open uh, 10 rules of how to do development and infrastructure to which should stop the 10 most common ways of getting hacked and pwned. Um, but yeah, I mean, Every organization doing development needs to have a separate security team, and that separate security team needs to communicate directly with the management of the software development team, the infrastructure team, the executive team, and they need to be, honestly, 
they need to be held accountable for when things go wrong, but they also better also have really good plans of how to get out of it when stuff goes wrong. Because it's not a question of if stuff goes wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's when stuff goes wrong. Um, 96%. That's sad. Okay. What I'm going to talk about next again, this is just so it's in the uh, notes because this is the kind of thing that I just, uh, like a giddy, giddy as a little schoolgirl over. Um, I've, I've seen a couple bands live in my life. Okay. Um, I saw, um, oh man. Um, now I can't even remember his name. Uh, the Beatles, Paul McCartney. Sorry. I saw Paul McCartney live. That was pretty dang impressive. Um, and I saw Weird Al perform live. I hate to say it. I think Weird Al had a better show. Um, and the explosions on Liver Let Die nearly made me deaf. So they, I'm holding that against Paul, too. Um, but there's a uh, Weird Al Yankovic book going to come out uh, where it's going to have some exclusive pictures from back back in the day when they were basically making uh, some of his original content. Um uh, I just say it like this. If Weird Al had a Patreon, I'm pretty sure I would just give him money for the rest of his life uh, because that's how much joy uh, that he like brought me in my entire life because I could listen to a Weird Al song and it was completely free and G. You know what I mean? Completely clean, completely positive, not really negative. Um, and it was just a good distraction in my youth. Um I listened to more than a couple other artists and where I would, you know, happily support them. But Weird Al, I'm pretty sure I'd blindly give money for the rest of his life because uh, the live show is great. Uh, and every um, now and then I just turn on my Google Play music, which is going away. And I just say, play Weird Al. And I let it play everything that Weird Al ever created. And I don't let it play anything else. Um, if you're a fan of Weird Al, uh, the link will be in the notes uh, to where you can take a look at this. And uh, is that ultimateclassicrock.com which Weird Al never in his life thought he would be on a website called ultimateclassicrock.com I think that's awesome Ah, okay now this one I wanted to bring back again uh, on this website I'm going to let the ads come through even though they're something horrendous Um, and I want to say I did bring this up before this website before and there's a reason why I'm bringing it again Um, media biasfactcheck.com. The real reason I'm bringing this again is, um, you know, everything's changing, evolving. So are like sometimes my beliefs is the way that I'll put it. Um, and what I noticed is I love when like half the people I know swear I'm a, I'm a, um, hard nose, right, conservative Republican person. You know what I mean? Just some old white guy. And then, the other half of people I know swear that I'm some mindless leftist, love socialism, love Bernie lefty. I love when people think that because neither of them are right. I'm somewhere in the middle. And I'm going to take that same philosophy and put it on a website like this. Now, I believe no website outright 100% without checking. Okay, period. Um, but I like when I come to a to this website and I put in a different place i'm looking at data and i'm literally getting somebody like one says least bias then it says right centered then it says conspiracy then it says left center then it says left center then it says right bias then it says right bias the more times when the average is in the middle with this kind of result set the more i think i'm going to like the website is the way that i'll put it and the website i'm looking at is 
the e the e um e um e uh, economist, and for the economists to have conspiracy pseudoscience, really? Wow, that's kind of extreme. Maybe I don't want to go to techno Rossi dot news is what I'm going to guess. Um, so it's like um, you know, you can believe what you want to believe, but take everyone's opinion as a grain of salt. So I like this website because it can let me see everyone else's grain of salt to give me some ideas what's going on, Bob. And I will say I've sent this again to at least a hundred people about three in the first week got back with me. Then about in the long run, maybe eight or 10 people got back with me and they all, when they put in websites said what, what came back, they thought was completely fair. No one said, oh, my God, I can't believe they would think that. Oh, my God, they can't believe that, which made me feel better because some of the people I sent it to were extremely left. Some of the people I sent it to were extremely right. And when they both agree, you know, it's kind of scary, but, you know, could be also true. Um, this is another thing that I absolutely love. Um, Jonathan, they do. And me and uh, Knucklehead Tech and um, Jeff and uh, his son. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Ellis, we were talking about these kinds of things back way in the day when, um, um, WebRTC was a new thing. WebRTC is like a backend protocol. I believe it's real time communications where it allows you to have serverless things running. And what I mean is you can directly from one browser to another browser, make a connection and exchange files, send video or audio back and forth kind of thing without the need of a server in the middle. Uh, Zipcall.io works even on your mobile browser, which shocked me. Um, basically, you can just go there, zipcall.io, click try now, uh, create a room with any name that you want in it, and then basically just send the link to anybody else. Works on Android, iPhone, Linux, Windows, Mac, Chromium, Chrome, uh, Firefox. Uh, Ice Weasel, um, Vivaldi, Opera, Brave. I mean, it literally works on everything. I will say once in a while, the site is a touch slow, but I'm not going to curse it for that. Um, I can't use it for podcasting because everybody in the connection has to have a working mic and or camera. And my streaming rig doesn't have a working mic. It captures audio from other things. And it doesn't have a functioning camera. It connects to the camera here. So I can't use it for streaming or else I would. Because I love the idea of this. Um, and he, I believe he put the entire code base up to where you can basically host it yourself if you want to. Um, really, really good idea is, is my logic. I love the idea you don't need an app. I love the idea you don't need to install anything. I love the idea where you don't need anything. And the damn thing just works. So I thought, I thought that was really cool. This was another example of um, things that I believe I did find on humanprogress.org, even though I'm not going to say I did. I might have. Um, these are the kind of things that a lot of people aren't hearing about. Um, I'll say it like this. Um, I, I do believe in the annals of time, the United States, one of the traits that's going to go down when people write about this country is we were giving. We were giving a lot, you know, not just to our local church not just to our local charity, not just in like aid to other countries, uh, but we just give a lot. That's what we do here in America. Um, when people in America become rich, they all tend seem to like just give it away. And if they don't, don't worry about it because history is also proven when a billionaire dies and gives his money to his kids, 
his kids ain't as rich. And then when they die, their kids ain't as rich either. So the money, it might take a generation or two to go back out, but that's typically what happens. So I'm okay with people being rich. If you work hard or you got lucky, congratulations, enjoy the money. Uh, But these are the kind of things that we're not really hearing about. At least I have not heard this about on anything I listen to. I listen to at least, again, 10 hours of, uh, at least 10 to 12 hours of news a day is the way I'll put it. Um, And it was over on the Guardian, uh, the millionaire who rescues migrants at sea. The long and the short of it is he basically takes his multi-million dollar yacht um, out on, I want to say it was the Mediterranean, and basically helps to pick up refugees who are trying to escape from their country and go into another one. Now, he's not rescuing them, giving them a house, giving them a home, giving them, no, no, he's just, he's at least making it so they're not dying in the middle of the sea. Uh, And these are the kind of philanthropic, which I can't say things that I don't think enough of the sources of news focus on. You know what I mean? It's all doom and gloom. And that's what people seem to get triggered by. Uh, This is the kind of thing where I'm triggered by. I thought thought it was really cool that this guy was basically taking his multi-million dollar yacht out and doing everything he could to basically have less people randomly die without a good reason kind of thing. Um, I'm okay with that. In fact, I wish more news places would actually, you know, like publicize this kind of thing. So I thought, I thought that was cool and worth talking about. Okay. Um, well, I will say I'm all over 120 episodes deep on the Revolving Door podcast. Um, technically speaking, I think I only have like four more, five more episodes because I purposely skipped some of the shows. Uh, for instance, like some of the um, Podnuts um, shows, I'm not going to self-evangelize them. I did, I think, Android App Addicts and maybe one more, but I don't want to sit there and like to my own horn. If somebody wants to review one of my shows, do it. Um, but so I didn't do any of them. Um, I also, there were certain, I'll just put like this, polarized shows that I didn't want to say good or bad things about because I do listen to some things just so I know what not to do. And I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but like if I'm like um, a basketball player, I might watch a guy I know just so I know what not to do because he really sucks kind of thing. You know what I mean, I listen to some podcasts just so I know I should not talk about this topic. Um, cause I'll sound as stupid as this person does, or like, I won't have sound effects in my podcast. I won't have seasons in my podcast. I won't have like uh, fake stuff in the podcast or podcasts like riddled with ads. Um, there's one link in here that I did not see. So I'm going to find it really quick because, uh, there you go. Okay. Drag, click this, drag it down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is one that I wanted to make sure was in the notes again, just because it's in the notes. Uh, Ivor isn't in the chat or on, cause this is Tuesday night, Tuesday night. Um, I don't do, um, Android app addict. Uh, okay. Here we go. Okay. Um, this, and, Everybody should know that, yes, this is clickbaity. Yes, this agrees with me. Um, so, yes, I'm going to bring it to the show. But I do think that there is some truth to what this article is saying and the study said. Um, it's from the Harvard Business Review now. Um, I'll just put it like this. I know now two people in my life who actually went to Harvard and are involved with Harvard as a living. 
kind of thing. Um, and like the one thing that um, my old boss said was as a manager, because he went to the Harvard Business School, was the first thing you should do when you hire somebody is you hire somebody who can take your job. You want to hire somebody smarter than you. You want to hire somebody who will be your next manager. Because if you do hire them and then you need a job, well, they're going to hook you up kind of thing. Um, so, and that made perfect sense. And my wife is now a manager at office and I explained that to her and she was like, yes, hell yes. I, I want to hire somebody that can, uh, e that I can ride their coattails even farther up the ladder. And that I think is an utter truth. Kate, okay, this is uh, article a advertising makes us unhappy. Basically there was a, um, Study done, 900,000 citizens of 27 European countries from 1980 to 2011. That is a huge amount of data. Doesn't mean it's right. Just saying, huge amount of data. And they're, basically, their research proved that when the ratio of whatever to Katu ads, whether it be billboard signs, whether it be TV commercials, or whether it be radio ads, when that proportion gets too much, you literally cause mild depression, okay? This is why I do not want any ads on my show because I am already close enough to being depressed. I don't need any push anybody down that road to become more depressed. So if you find, if you like somebody doing something that is ad-free, you, to be honest, and I should support them is what I'll say. Um, now... And this is going to go back to the um, first article we talked about, um, Principles of Curiosity. Okay, this is going to harken back to that as well. Um, and it's going to also harken back to, um, like, the 96% of developers say security slows down stuff. And it goes back to media bias fact check. Okay. Anytime somebody says, I listen to X or I read X or I watch X, as a news source because they're unbiased doesn't understand the meaning of the word okay i look at this kind of thing and i think this is an unbiased study showing this information that i already believed was true i already believed i hated advertising and i literally got depressed the more i heard them okay um this is called the bias bias okay if you re read a news source, you listen to a radio thing, or you click a link on the internet and you think what you're digesting is not biased, that just means their bias is the same as your bias, or it's very close to your bias. doesn't mean it's unbiased. It means you think you're unbiased, and you think this content is unbiased. I know that, which is why when I try to look at these things now, I don't think anything is unbiased at all because we all have our preconceived notions preconceived ideas things we would like to believe things we would like to feel things we would like to think are true and when we find something that basically backs us up and makes us think that what we thought all along was right right well then there you go that's an unbiased thing that i'm looking at right there grain of sand people take it with a grain of sand but um you know almost a million people for over 30 years and they came out with basically now they lightened it you know what I mean? This wasn't clickbait because they would have said advertising causes suicide or advertising causes chronic depression or something. They lightened it to advertising makes us unhappy, which I'll say I also like the fact that they lighten that up. Um, I have to click and drag this there. Okay. 
Um, I got to talk about this because of one thing. Okay. The Reviving Door, done over 120 episodes. When I'm done doing the 120 episodes, I'm probably going to go back and do the podcast that I added since the show started, because it's been now over three months. So, of course, I've added shows. After that, I'm tempted to go over some of the um, uh, YouTube that I watch. Um, I'm tempted to go over some of the things in my Plex library, because it's all about the content that I'm um, digesting kind of thing. Um, I also threatened in the past to do a show called uh, The Days of Stardew Valley or something like that, Stardew Valley Days. Because there's enough content in this game to where quite literally I could put out a show a day of like three to five minutes long and easily have a year worth of content. And I've proven now I can do that with the revolving door in a way. And the best thing is like the podcast, I can talk about a podcast, record it and wait a month to publish it. And I don't have to worry about it. It's not going to change. Same thing with a lot of stuff about these games. Uh, I can record uh, like an hour's worth, 60 minutes of it, and release five minutes at a time for like, you know, days and days, and it's not going to lose value. It's not going to like um, have a shortened shelf life kind of thing. Uh, and they're getting ready to put out a big content patch for Stardew Valley to push it up to one, 1. 1.5. Uh, so I literally might pick it up again and start doing the Days of Stardew Valley podcast. Um, I will say I have no time to play games, really. I could try to. Um, I've maybe played an hour in the last two months. Nah, hour in the last six months, maybe just because I don't have time. Uh, but I'm still tempted to do a show on this game because honestly, I put it like this, just like Weird Al, this game is, I don't want to say wholesome. I don't want to say like pure, but I will say it's uh, cleaner. You know what I mean? Not completely G. Technically, there's a drunk in the game. Uh, let's see, you know, I comprehend him a little bit. Um, but I still think this is better, much better than any game where you walk around shooting people in the face. Um, also, um, there's the kind of game where you can basically take any angle you want. You can just worry about fishing if you want. You can just worry about planting crops. You can just worry about relationship simulation. Uh, and it's one of the kind of games that has insane depth, even though it looks like something that has no depth at all. It looks like something that, um, you know, you could have made with like a really cheap computer, you know, like a really cheap game console back in the day. Um, so I might do it. Uh, I don't think I'm going to stream playing the game because that's definitely more dedication than I have. Uh, but I still might do a podcast on it because, you know, I always have podcast ideas. Okay. And then, and I wanted, this might be the last topic i bring this is a topic heavy show this is a link heavy show um to me this is a kind of like proof that kind of like uh was said in the movie um oh man galaxy quest by garth oxhammer what a deal no uh never give up never surrender was what he one of the lines in that movie um and nothing can slow down innovation nothing can slow down um like people constantly making things better for other people. Um, the, like the examples I, I use is in America, we have the richest poor people that ever existed. Do we have poor people? Yes. I didn't say we don't. Did I say poor people don't have it hard? I didn't say that when you're poor, everything's hard. Okay. Uh, but we have poor people who literally have cars, houses, air conditioning, cable, cell phones, and other amenities. And 
that's okay. That's a good thing. I want to have the richest poor people that ever existed in our country. Um, but partially because we make so much things, the prices came down so much because we keep innovating. We keep making things cheaper, easier to make, and you know, just so more people can have more things. Here's an example on Rutgers uh, UK.com where there's a self cleaning mask can kill viruses with heat from phone charger researchers say now long and the short of it is we had uh um scientists say look if all of a sudden everybody's wearing a paper disposable mask there's no way we could ever possibly keep up with the manufacturing of that mask and the amount of trash it's going to create is absolutely insane so there has to be a better way to do it um so what this guy basically figured out was you can take a mask, make it out of a certain material, put almost like a toaster weave through it. And then when you're done using the mask for the day, you basically take it, plug it up to a USB outlet kind of thing. And it will basically bake off and kill all of the virus particles. Thus the mask is reusable. It's actually 100% reusable. Um, and, uh, and my logic is why not? Why can't you have a completely reusable mask? Um, this guy already went through some basic tests and all the tests came back with, they said, absolutely flying colors. Yes, this does work as advertised kind of thing. Um, so basically, he's now just trying to get them produced. Um, if we can make it so it's not disposable and people who need a mask, you know, literally can use the same one over and over again. Good. Good. I mean, there has to be something good to come out of, you know, uh bad times you know what i mean um and and i just think that's honestly a really smart way to do it and i did see like two or three other ones um said basically like how you could wash them and how you could do other things to make it reusable but this is the guy where he basically figured out how to heat the mask to basically like kill all the um virus particles on it i thought that was genius innovation innovation stops for no one that's basically all the links, all the articles. I will say I'm getting remarkably little feedback to the revolving door. I only have like one or two people shoot me some emails in. Um, so I would say if you are listening to that show and you're liking it, just let me know. Um, I might like revisit it. Even if I finish all of my uh, podcasts, I might revisit it in like three to six months and update it with any new things that I'm watching. Um, you can uh, shoot me an email at this show at uh, ddg at podcast.com. Uh, if you want, you can shoot the network an email at mail at ponus.com, or you can uh, shoot uh, me personal email directly at doordoorgeek.gmail.com. If you'd like to send a voicemail in, it's really easy, uh, 7076 podnut, or pull out your device of choice, hit, hit record, and just send me the audio file. Both of them are easy to play. Um, and again, I want to thank everyone for their support on Patreon for enabling us to have a ad-free, a.k.a less unhappy experience versus a lot of other podcasts out there. Uh, I will talk to everyone again real soon. See you.